Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special JammerCon Tales of the Voidfarer live stream. I'm here with Fiona and Tanner. Hello. Hi. We are sadly down a seeker. He is too cool for us today. We couldn't <laughs> afford him. We couldn't afford him. <laughs> we have to pay him a premium whenever we put him on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's JammerCon day. I hope everybody's been enjoying all of the great programming that's been going on today, enjoying all of the games that we're running through Warhorn. We are going to be doing a very special Voidfarer one-shot. It, it's going to be a little bit different. But I guess before we jump into things, because we may have some viewers today that might not be familiar with Tales of the Voidfarer. Hi, welcome. Uh, we are Tales of the Voidfarer. We are a D&D 5e uh, actual play podcast that has been playing in our version of the Spelljammer setting for the last three years. So um, if you're really enjoying... Oop, one second. Uh, sounds like we're getting some audio problems. Oh, no. Uh oh They can hear me, but they can't hear you guys. Um, oh, no. So, I mean, as much as, as much as I can talk... Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, like, mouth talk. the words and you play our characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is the recording only the podcast only the, yeah <laughs> yeah for those of you watching while we get this issue fixed um we will be releasing this episode as uh in a podcast format that'll come out on tuesday so if you wanted to hear any of the great and hilarious things that tanner and fiona just said you'll have to listen to that <laughs> all the secret content <laughs> yeah all right um i'm gonna switch over to the standby screen real fast uh we will get that audio uh issue fixed really quick and uh we will be right back oh i think they did it oh uh, can you can, can you let's, hear us let's wait for confirmation can the audience from hear us <laughs> you guys might tom is always our man in the chair <laughs> yeah see this is this is Tom being vindictive after we kicked him out of the chat. Yep, That's exactly true. it. Yeah. Uh, confirmed everything is working. <laughs> okay. Hello. You get to hear Hi. our angelic voices now. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> All right. Uh, from the top, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and your character briefly before we jump into things? Uh, starting with Fiona. Starting with me. Um, Hi. I'm Fiona L.F. Kelly. Um, I play Ravnus. She's a uh, Gith Yankee uh, Cyanite and uh, also does some piratey stuff. Uh, she's pretty neat. Um, so, yeah, I play a very stoic, fightery type, and I'm excited to get into this. Hello. So, my name is Tanner, and I play the Conjuration Wizard Marco Astorio. Despite my lovely ears, I am playing <laughs> a human. Um, Marco is a well-meaning, kind of introverted, and a little socially inept kind of wizard. Um, while he means well, he comes from the land of Toril, and he's very much a fish-out-of-water type. Um, but has also studied this his entire life, so basically getting to live everything that he's been studying. Um... He's very, what's the word I'm looking for? He's very um, intelligent, little, very little in social graces, but overall, usually pretty quick on his feet whenever he needs to be. So, yeah. Yeah. Marco is very much the groundling of the group. 
Yes. Indeed. <laughs> so, as I said before, uh, this one shot's going to be a little bit different since we just have uh, Ravnus and Marco here. Why don't we get started? Are you guys ready? Yeah, I'm yeah. ready. Let's do Let- it. Let's go. <laughs> Imagine if you said no right now. No. <laughs> no, no we we're not ready. We do that sometimes no, when we're recording the yeah. podcast. We just say no. Nah, actually, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I changed my mind. Let's go play kids on bikes instead. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Marco and Ravnus, you guys wake up in the crew quarters of the Voidfarer to the... Usual slight creaking wood and uh, tensioning rope sounds of just the ship traveling through wild space. Though you can hear just the sounds of the ship around you so clearly because as you stir awake and get your bearings, you realize that the two of you are alone in the crew quarters, which is not, strictly speaking, normal. There's usually always at least somebody sleeping in or Merrick snoring or flapwing doing flapwing things. And you wake up, um, just find the two of you there in your respective hammocks completely alone. Ravnus will sit up and kind of look around and take this all in and say, um, I guess everyone went to breakfast already. Huh? Um, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I was kind of enjoying the peace and quiet for once and, you know, getting some work done. It's too quiet. Uh, I suppose so, yeah. I haven't experienced this amount of quiet in quite some time. Usually there's someone snoring or someone's making some loud noise or the others are dancing on the tables. So it's, uh, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, not a sound at all. Yeah. Did, um, did Val, were we supposed to have like a meeting or something that we just slept through? Maybe Luckbeak didn't tell us. He does that sometimes. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, um, I don't know, let's go actually, like, maybe at least see if we can find out what el- where everybody is. I mean, apparently we missed something. It's not Coot's birthday, is it? <laughs> no, that's next month. Oh, right. Ravnus knows exactly when Coot's birthday <laughs> is. She's planning several pranks, I'm sure. <laughs> She has a calendar like behind her bunk that has everyone's birthday marked on it. Like <laughs> a very complex ARG for each of them in the works. God. None yeah. of them realize it's a birthday present. It's no, a, it's a mess. <laughs> Brawla still doesn't know who who sent her that cake on her last day on board. She thought it was a threat, though. <laughs> she thought it was a threat. Uh, <laughs> right. So, um, you guys get up, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Margo would probably be more to move towards, like, maybe the upper decks or something to that effect. Sure. You go and you open the door from the crew quarters leading out into the main thoroughfare of uh, the ship on down here on, um, you know what, I should probably pull up a map of the void fair. <laughs> that might be useful. Too busy getting maybe. stream things together that it didn't <laughs> properly prepare my notes for this game nope. of D&D. <laughs> Yeah, so you leave the crew quarters uh, opening the door up into the cargo hold on the Orlop deck. And uh, who leads the way through the door? Oh, no. <laughs> I, personally, I think it would... Well, if we were actually like concerned for our lives, it would be Ravnus, but I don't think... 
I, yeah, I, I don't think we're actually concerned quite yet. I think we're still like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, so, I'm going to just say it's going to be Marco just for the sake of, I don't know, random choice. Sure. Yeah. Marco, you open the door, um, not thinking too much of it. Um, don't see anybody in the cargo hold. There is the cargo around from, you know, this particular voyage, the stores for all of the uh, the supplies that's maintaining the crew on this voyage and some of the cargo that you're being paid to haul. Um, so you open the door and don't see anybody in the cargo hold. And as you take a step out, something squelches beneath your feet. Um, I immediately, like, pull my foot up as, like, quick as I can and look down. Like, what the <laughs> What is that? You have stepped in a cream pie that was left on the floor outside the door. Um, uh, I get like a rag out of my bag and start wiping off my feet. I was like, what? why is there a cream pie here in the floor? Is it? Is this a prank of some sort? I don't know. I think that Flapwing would usually be a little bit more inventive than just leaving a cream pie. Yeah, this is definitely a ravenous prank. (laughs) 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 It said happy birthday Marco on it, but you can't read it now. (laughs) (laughs) Ravenous, is this one of your doings? No, at least I don't think so. Weird stuff has happened before. I don't know. Um, I look down the hallway. Do I see any more cream pies? Make a perception check. Okay. <laughs> Starting off good with a nat one. That's a four. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you see nary a cream pie in your range of vision. <laughs> After wiping the cream pie from my foot, I guess I'll just keep walking. Yep. Ravenous is following. You didn't get it perfectly, so you leave a, a little bit of whipped cream with every step. <laughs> um, what do you guys do now? Where do you go? I think that Ravenous is is still thinking everyone's going to be in like the mess hall. So that's where she would go next to look for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the mess hall is located directly above the crew quarters, and you didn't hear any moving around um, up there, but um, you head up there to at least check. And as you're walking, you both hear with your passive perceptions, because I believe they're the same, if I recall, you hear a distant. Squeaking. That abruptly stops somewhere deep into the ship. The first thing that I do is check for my my space hamster, Tashi. Um, you... You don't see Tashi anywhere. It didn't sound like a hamster squeak, though. Hmm. But Tashi seems to be gone as well. What the? Squeakers? When you say squeakers, you hear that distant squeak <laughs> a couple times in fast succession. <laughs> but other than that, uh, you don't see any sign of your space hamster. Ravnus, is, is this like, is it my birthday and I've forgotten there's some sort of surprise happening? I don't think so. If is it, it is, I didn't know about it. Is it your birthday and I forgot and I'm supposed to be the one leading you to it? <laughs> I don't think it's my birthday. Huh. Does Ravnus know her hatching day? I don't think she does. I, I had to think of that when he asked. I'm like, I don't think she would know her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a birthday. She has a gotcha day. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> So yeah, what do you guys do? I think that we'd still head up to the mess hall, personally. Yeah. Sure. Cleo heard the squeaking I was making and came around. Aw. Aw, sweetie. 
the yeah. true star of the show. Yep. This is sure. our producer, Cleo. This is our producer, Cleo. <laughs> she normally sits in this chair right here and judges me very harshly while I'm doing editing. <laughs> this is how we get the stream views. We see, we show the dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I wonder if my... Yes. And if you can look back here, this is my cat, Simba. Oh, my sweet boy. He's asleep in his chair. Good buddy. Yeah. All right, back to sleep now. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I think that we would probably still head to the mess hall. Maybe one squeak's not enough to, like, startle us too much. Yeah. Yeah. So you you head to uh, the staircase that ascends up to the gun deck uh, and then up one more level to the main deck um, of which the mess is sitting in the back. Um, so you guys go up and... Again, you don't see anyone this whole way. And when you get to the main deck, the stairs actually emerge onto the top deck of the ship because you have to then go through the door that enters under the aft castle to get to the mess. And when you get up to the top deck, you still see nobody. But you do see another ship drifting abreast of the Voidfarer, about a hundred feet out. Hmm. Does the ship look destroyed, dismantled, or anything? Or does it just, it's, does it look like an intact ship? Make a perception check. Okay. I would like to also check that. Okay, so that is a 15. 15? Natural one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting him out of the way soon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Gosh, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Max. <laughs> so, yeah, Marco, uh, the ship across the way looks like a galleon, not too dissimilar from the Voidfarer itself. It does have um, all of its sails and riggings um, down. There's none hanging on the mast. Um, but other than that, it does look like it's intact. It looks like there's uh, a catapult uh, up on its aft castle, and you don't see anyone over there either. Ravenous, you just get completely distracted by a bit of whipped cream that is stuck on somehow the upper calf of the back of Marco's pant leg that he missed when he was cleaning it off. <laughs> There's a ship out there. It seems intact, I guess. I don't... Um, something is very odd now. Something is strange. It we, feels we... like we have two ghost ships here, basically. It seems like we're the only two on this one. Could the others be on the other ship? I don't know that they would have gone there willingly. If they are, something weird has happened, and I guess I don't know why we wouldn't have been involved. Yeah, you'd you think you'd want to call at least the two of us. I mean, Val gives us jobs for everything. Like, I think you and I would have been waking up at least. And especially Luckbeak wouldn't have gone there on his own. Oh, no. No, definitely not. You guys hear that squeaking again, repeated in succession, somewhere deep below, at least a deck or two down. And then it stops again. On our ship? Yep. Okay. Maybe we should try to follow that noise. I don't want to abandon the ship just yet. And I think it might be prudent to at least, uh, well, be prepared. I mean, if the worst they have is a cream pie, that's a good thing. But if they have more nefarious intentions... At least have the swords at the ready. Right. 
Go follow the noise. <laughs> yeah, we, we head back down. Sure. Go ahead. Um, go ahead and make a perception check to just see if you can discern which direction the noise is coming from as you descend below the decks of the void. Sixteen. Thirteen. Okay. Um, yeah, Ravnus, uh, as you head down a level, heading down onto the gun deck, it seems like the squeaking is coming from the bow of the ship towards the front. Um, and at least one more deck down, back down on the Orlop deck. Okay, she heads in that direction. Sure. Mm, I'll follow behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you head back down onto the Orlop deck and head to the bow of the ship. And this is where the brig is located. Mm, I don't like that. Um, you walk past the stores of the ship. Um, heading past there, you head into the brig. And... You see that as you open the door, because the brig is divided into into two sections, you go through the first door to step into the room, and then there are iron bars that divide the room in half. The bow of the ship, the you know, creating like a triangular prison cell, the very front of the ship. And you, there's normally manacles that hang against the walls in case anybody needs extra restrained when getting thrown in here. But um, the thing that strikes you the minute you open the door to enter the room is the entire brig, the entire area, floor to ceiling on the other side of the bars is filled with balloons of all kinds of different colors. Um, it almost resembles like one of those giant racks of big bouncy balls you see at the department store <laughs> that as a yeah. kid, it's like tempting to climb up and go in. Um, it, it looks like that. Because there's the iron bars of the brig with just all of these balloons in there. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, Ravenous sort of takes a step back upon seeing this and she's like, I don't like this. This, this is... doesn't feel right. Is there someone out there? I can't see anything past all these balloons. Is, is that Merrick? It sounds like Merrick. Oh, it sounds like Merrick. Is that Merrick? Merrick, are you there? Marco? Merrick, what are you doing? What's happening? I'm having a party. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> it's Merrick's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we we forgot Merrick's birthday. Um oh. Oh, I guess that makes sense. He is the newest member of the crew. Um, One of them. Ravnus is going to take a crossbow bolt. Uh, from the equipment she has on her and start stabbing the balloons to try to get to Merrick. Great. Um, go ahead and make an attack roll. Oh, boy. <laughs> what should I add to it? Uh, just a normal attack. Okay. Um, that is 14. Uh, yeah. You you stab it. You're just using the crossbow bolt with your hand, correct? Yeah. Yeah, you're not shooting it in there. No. Carnival game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no you, Mer Merrick is a little too fragile for that. <laughs> you thrust uh you thrust your uh crossbow bolt in through the bars and pop uh roll a D six. Two. Two. You pop two balloons in just that one stroke, and I need you, Marco, and Merrick, uh to all make constitution saving throws. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Me? I need to make a constitution saving throw? Yeah, everybody All in the room. Oh, oh, shit. Nicholas, why'd you, why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> why did I put challenges in front of you in this narrative? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I got <Okay>. a 12. <laughs> I got a 14. 14? Okay. 
Uh, 14 succeeds, 12 does not. Merrick got an 11. Hmm. Oh. So, Ravnus and Merrick each take 12 points of poison damage. Marco, wow. you take six points of poison damage. Oh, okay. The gas inside the balloons does smell like farts. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and you just hear it muffled through the balloons, Merrick say, <coughs> What did she do? <clears throat> we should be cautious. This is her. And as you talk, your voices are a little bit more high-pitched. Oh, Nicholas. <laughs> I am going if to you go. Hear, and if you want to hear what that sounds like, listen to the podcast version. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, we don't have to do anything. Cool. Yeah, so, good. I was like, oh, shit. How do I, how do I make that higher? But they can use their imaginations the for, for us. Now. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Um, Ravnus is going to sort of like cover her nose and mouth with her sleeve a little bit and say, um, maybe we should just try to move the balloons out of the way and get to him. A, a good idea. Um, I can try to move the balloons. They don't seem to be that heavy if you can get to Merrick because you're probably stronger if there's something in there. Yeah. Um, so can she open the door to the cell? You go to open the door and it is locked. Are there, do we know where the keys usually are? And are they there? <laughs> the keys are not kept in this room. Um, usually uh, Val would have a key. Uh, Mr. Elmsworth would have a key. And probably Brohane would have a key. Um, do you know how to pick locks, Marco? Um, I have to say I never took that class back in Toral. <laughs> the lock picking <laughs> class. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I, I, I don't even, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. This is something that Luckbeak would normally do. Has Luckbeak ever picked a lock ever? In Ravnus's head, it's just something that he knows yeah. how to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how canon that is. That's just sort of what uh -huh. she thinks. <laughs> Same for Marco. Marco just fully believes that. That just makes sense to him. Yeah. We just we just decide what's a luck beak job. <laughs> Saker's not here to tell us no. Is this unscrupulous? It's it's a luck beak job. <laughs> if we knew where Scuttlebutt was, he probably would as well. I can try to pick the lock, probably. Um, are you proficient? Probably not. <laughs> Um, well, I, I, by all means, I won't try to stop you. She tries to pick the lock. Sure. Um, are you using anything to try and pick the lock? Um, so I'm sort of like looking at what she has on her. <laughs> um, she does not have like a lock picking set or anything like that. Um, so it would just be something that would be in like an adventurer's pack. She'd be trying to sort of like maneuver it around to be a sort of makeshift lock pick sure maybe um for crossbow bolts and something else i don't know yeah you could use a crossbow bolt maybe like a a pitten from your adventuring pack um yeah yeah uh just go ahead and make a um dexterity check if i have an idea if you if you don't get it that is a 16 16 yeah actually it's a little clunky because both of these implements are slightly too large than what you would want. But actually, as you kind of jiggle the crossbow bolt in there, you kind of like chip away at the metal just enough to get it to go 
in the mechanism exactly where it needs to. And it gets to a point where like the, the implements like kind of lock up, like you have them jammed in there to where you really can't move them. But as you put some torque on it, um, the lock clicks. She opens the door. We should yeah. probably tell Val that needs to be replaced. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty sure that that pitten and the she's, crossbow bolt is stuck in there just, now. Yeah, but the, you did unlock it. the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and as you open the door, all of these balloons come tumbling out and bounce off of the floor. Um, they're not lighter than air. Uh, I guess they would be a little lighter than air uh, if they made your voices get a little bit high pitched. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so they do kind of like they don't float all the way to the ceiling. They kind of hover and just kind of drift out. Um, and as they kind of drift out, you can see past them a little bit clear and you see that Merrick uh, is in there with one hand like manacled to the wall. Man, I'm glad to see you guys. What? Merrick, what, what happened? Doing? I woke up like this. Man, I've had some pretty bad hangovers and found myself in some pretty weird places, but I don't know what could have happened last night. Do you remember nothing before going to sleep? Well, I was playing drinking games with, uh, oh. uh, with Flapwing and with, you, you know, everybody was kind of cycling through, but, um, yeah, last thing I remembered, I was losing pretty bad. Um, and then so I don't remember anything. And then I woke up here surrounded by balloons. Yeah, that that's logical. Um, at first I thought Flapwing you... was pranking me, but I haven't, I haven't seen him all day. Have you heard anyone else? No, you guys have been the first. Okay, um, Mist is going to try to get him unmanacled from the wall. I haven't even heard anybody use the head above. And usually down here in the brig, like, you can smell it when someone's pissing in the in the head. The head is That's located in the bow directly a deck above. Um, it almost seems like the brig was intentionally placed here as an extra bit of an extra layer of punishment. <laughs> it's a little uh, too much information, Merrick, but why? So how is it um, if you if if your lockpicking skills do not work, I can probably do something with it. Are you saying that's a ravenous? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, um, she'll try the good old you know arrow and uh you know sure just jam it in until it breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you use the same same old strategy. Natural one. <laughs> Natural one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well. We're rolling great today. Like, yeah. <laughs> our dice are I'm really a, acting up for a live stream. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that all the new people who might be watching this live stream will see just how just how good we are at this. Yeah. So um <laughs> you you grab another crossbow bolt out of your bag and another pitten and uh, attempt to undo the manacle on Merrick's wrist. And you slip. And cut Merrick pretty bad on the Oh, wrist. no. <laughs> and he goes, ah, watch what you're doing. Sorry. You notice something weird, though. Oh, no. He doesn't bleed red. He bleeds a black ichor. She gets him backs away from that. Do I see that? Does a 19 hit you, Ravnus? No. It does not. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you back up. Um, you or, see wait, this? Sorry, N you no, don't have it, your shield. It would. Yeah, yeah, it would. Oh, that it would does? that would meet it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you take seventeen lightning damage. Wow. Oh, so you you're trying to undo the manacle, and you slip and you you cut Merrick across the wrist, and Black Icker 
starts coming out of the wound instead of blood and you your eyes go wide when you see it and then you look back at Merrick's face who's contorting into a smile and his form shifts his face gets paler but his nose and lips get redder he transforms into a space clown that lashes out and grabs your wrist and joy buzzers you for 17 points of electric damage (laughs) and then you watch you watch him just kind of like make a fist and pull his hand like a cartoon out of the manacle and uh And he grins at you maniacally with pointed teeth. And I need everybody to roll for initiative. Yeah. Oh, boy. Let's go. (laughs) All right. I did watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect inspiration. (laughs) So I am rocking a dirty 20. All right. Uh, Let me get my tracker up. Checking on my spells here. This is the part that gets cut from the podcast version. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You get all the exciting uh, yep. exciting stuff on the stream. <laughs> you know, me looking up the spells and whatnot, everybody else like getting their stuff together. A plus. Us figuring out what our ACs are. How do you play Dungeons and Dragons anyway? Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what this is going to reveal. That none of us know how to play. <laughs> none of us know how to play this game. We're all fake nerds here. Um, yeah. All right. Anybody get quality? A, anybody get higher than a twenty? I'm at a twenty. I'm at a twenty. Fifteen to twenty. Oh. Uh. Well, the clown did for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to spell it with a K on my initiative tracker just for the homage of it. Just for me. <laughs> Uh, Ravnus, what'd you get? A six. A six. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) You're a little bit on your heels here. Ravnus knew she should have never trusted Merrick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Right. Um, (laughs) Okay, so uh, Marco. uh, Now, keep in mind, there are still all of these balloons floating everywhere in here. So... The first, I think the probably instinctual thing that Marco would do is Marco would, like, stumble back um, about five feet away from the clown. Um, and then I'm going to cast Ice Knife at second level. Okay. All right, so I'm going to make a range spell attack here. Okay. How does a 19 sound? A 19 will hit. All right, so that is 1d10 piercing damage. That's a 1. Good start. Great start. <laughs> Um, then it is going to explode, and so every creature within five feet must succeed in a dexterity saving throw. So unfortunately, Ravna said it, that would include you. Okay. And it as well? Uh, yes. So it's going to because it's there, um, but Ravnus is within five feet, so it's going to hit Ravnus too. That's a 23 for Ravnus. It got a 21. All right, so <laughs> both succeed. Um, so nothing happens. One damage. <laughs> doesn't have half damage here so one whole damage to the clown one whole damage as a treat say so, you know good job all around yeah uh it is now its turn um it's still smiling maniacally now frost kind of going up its side that is uh oh interesting one sec oh roll or- hmm Roll a d20 for me. Me? Yeah. 
You got it. I pointed at you on my screen, so you should have known I was talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a 19. 19. Okay. Um, now roll a d6 for me. You got it. That's a two. Two. Um, yeah. As the as the ice burst goes off, it pops two balloons. So mm. I need you both to roll another constitution saving throw. Solid, solid. So that's a four for me. 18. Okay, Ravnus, you're okay. You only take three points of poison damage. Marco, you take six. All right. Um, okay. It is now, uh, it's going to reach um, into its side pocket and pull out an entire rifle that looks like a toy ray gun. And it's going to point it at Marco. Uh, that's going to be a 23 to hit. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm the mage here. You, you would have hit with a 12. <laughs> yeah, you take seven points of psychic damage. Um, right. And you need to make a wisdom saving throw. All right. I like that one better. Okay, Um. so that is a 21. 21, yeah. So this ray gun goes off, and it hits you with a, a blast of, like, prismatic light. And for a second, your vision kind of blurs and warps, like, the world around you is a funhouse mirror, but you're able to shake it off. Mm. Okay. And it's just going to laugh uh, maniacally. <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> uh, Ravnus, it's your turn. Oh, boy, Ravnus, it's my turn. Um, she is going to draw her shield and sword and try to kick this clown's ass. Okay. That's pretty good. 19 plus 9 is 28. That does hit it. To hit. That does <laughs> I hit. I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Just, no. <laughs> yeah. Find this clown with an AC of 30 on our live stream. <laughs> <laughs> that does not hit the dire clown. <laughs> like um, that implies the existence of like regular clowns, dire clowns. Like there's a hot clown hierarchy going on here. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. They're just space clowns. So uh, her sword sort of lights up with her purple psionic energy and she slashes at this clown and deals uh, 14 slashing and five psionic damage. So 21, 21 total, right? Yes. Did I do the math right? Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> also parts that I cut from the podcast version. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Marco, back to you. Okay, so Marco stands up, he looks and goes, hmm, this is going to require some unconventional thinking. So he's going to say, all right, I have a joke for you, clown. Um, I forget how it goes, but the punchline is, that's not a Hadozi, that's my mother. And I'm going to catch Tasha's hideous laughter. <laughs> Wisdom saving throw. Uh, <laughs> I rolled uh, wisdom. Uh, no bonus. So that's a two. Yep. He is incapacitated la in laughter. <laughs> yeah. He just goes. <laughs> and then just doubles over laughing. Uh, Marco is going to take the opportunity to back up and kind of like he starts kicking his feet and the feet are making the squeak sounds as they hit the ground as he's kicking his feet laughing. He's kind of like uh, Marco's going to start backing up and he's kind of looking at Ravnus being like, come on, let's 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 get out of here. I don't know what we're dealing with here. Kind of like just All doing right. like hand signals, essentially. Yeah. Towards. Um. So is the is is the clown still manacled to the wall? Because all I did was like accidentally cut it no it pulled no. its hand out oh like a that's right it pulled its it's pulled its hand out that's right yeah mm -hmm. 
and I broke the door to the to the brig. So, <laughs> whoops. All right. We can we can maybe shut the brig outer door and try to barricade it. Yeah. <laughs> so is it is it my turn? Oh, um, I'm sorry, Marco. Was that that was the end of your turn? End of my turn. Uh, move it on. Yeah, it is the clown's turn. Um, so it is on the floor laughing. Does it get a save at the end of its turn? Save at the end. Okay. So yeah, it's just continuing to just laugh, <laughs> kicking, kicking its feet, bouncing off the uh, off the floor. Um, natural one. This is the funniest yeah. fucking joke this clown mm. has ever heard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't pulled out Tasha's for Marco in so long. So yes, it. I was wondering if it was going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ravnus. Yeah, she's going to take Marco's advice and uh, leave the room. And uh, so she's going to exit and try to close the door. Okay. Same. Um, yeah, the, the clown is incapacitated. So you just kind of carefully uh, move your way um, through um, the balloons. Um, some of the balloons have now floated out into the, the cargo hold, you know, as they were vacating the cell. Um, but you're able to shut the door to the brig entirely so i think this is like the scene from blues brothers where like we're just piling everything we can in front of this door that mm -hmm. we can find yeah we're barricading the door i think sure <laughs> yeah uh go ahead and um we can do this out of rounds um okay uh, go ahead and each just make me um, athletics checks to just try and move some barrels and crates in front of the door Ravnus, I'm relying on you on this. Uh... <laughs> well, that's a bad idea. <laughs> how about how about this? Rather than Marco trying to lift his own weight, he's just trying to help Ravnus. So, uh, Marco, okay. you don't have to roll Ravnus. You can roll with advantage. Okay. That's a lot better. Um, so that is 15 and 8 is 23. Sure. Better than my 7. <laughs> I rolled a 4 the first time, so... <laughs> yeah. So, Ravnus, moving these crates is not too terribly hard, especially with you just kind of pushing and dragging them instead of trying to lift them. Um, and uh, Marco just kind of gives some direction on, like, the best places to put them so that you can kind of Tetris a couple of boxes as quickly and efficiently as possible against the door. Um, I just look back at, I look back at Ravnus and go, what, what is going on? Do you know anything about, like, what that was or if it could have anything to do with everyone missing. Um, I mean, I don't, I ran into mimics and doppelgangers, never a metamorphosizing clown before. May I make an arcana check? Yeah. Okay. You could do arcana or religion. Ooh, religion. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, what religion has religious clowns? That's awful. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that is a dirty 20. Dirty 20. Um, yeah, Marco, as you're kind of just trying to, like, parse the ridiculousness of it, just immediately your mind immediately jumping to, like, shapeshifters, like doppelgangers and the like, you remember reading there was a footnote in your book, Sailing the Sea of Stars, that was a warning to passengers to avoid any ships that they felt may have originated from clown space. Clown space. <laughs> because those that hail from that sphere previously worshipped a god of revelry 
but became corrupted by demonic Iker, transforming them into fiendish clowns that now roam all of wild space. Of course. Now, and knowing how old this book is, you can surmise that any notion of what clowns are on any world of the multiverse probably originated from these space clowns visiting the planet <laughs> at some point in the world's history. So I look up at Ravnus and say, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I forgot about clown space. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a long story, but there is this, this space of like clowns in which they worship this god of revelry um, and they've become demonic over time. Maybe there's some sort of connection to the abyss, I'm not entirely sure. But what I do know is that they look kind of like that as I hold up a book. <laughs> <laughs> just procures a book out of nowhere. Yeah, he just pulls, pulls out my booze <laughs> astral menagerie out of his pack. <laughs> yep. As I pull up, oh yes, booze astral menagerie. Here it is right here, as you can see. As indicated. Um, but yes, I, of course. I mean, I personally always thought that this was more, you know, fantasy than any sort of actual fact. But it seems that we have proof positive here. So, I mean, that would explain the other ship. But um, I don't I don't know what else we... I don't know if we're actually in clown space now or if our friends are in clown space and we were left behind. Um, I... Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, clowns. Clown space. That's what we're dealing with. As you're as you're finishing this, you hear and look up in time. You see the baffle hatch flip open and you see three clowns. One looks like it was a goblin of some sort. Um, one is a tall, like nearly seven foot tall, slender humanoid. And the other is so rotund, he's basically a sphere. And they come <laughs> crawling out um, of the hatch and slung over their shoulder are these bright pink cocoons. I have a feeling that we don't want to be around to find out what those cocoons do. They look humanoid-sized. <laughs> yeah. Am I stealing the plot directly from Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Yes. <laughs> His entire prep for this entire thing was just watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> I'm going to look and say, I'm going to play these clowns at their own game. And I'm going to cast Stinking Cloud. Nice. <laughs> So I create a 20-foot radius sphere of yellow nauseating gas centered on a point within range right on those three. And yeah, we're uh, they're going to need to make constitution saving throws as I'm going to strongly like nudge Ravnus to let's run up the stairs and away from whatever that is. First one was a dirty 20. Second one was an 18. And the last one was an 8. Eight's a fail. 18 and 20 pass. So um, for those who um, fail... Um, on a failed save, the creature spends its action that turn retching and reeling. Uh, creatures that don't need to breathe or are immune to poison automatically succeed. And so it basically is going to incapacitate the one, but the other two should be fine. Okay. Yeah, the, the large rotund one immediately starts retching and vomiting what looks like whole wrapped candy. Mm-hmm. And black vile, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously. Obviously. It goes without saying. The other two see you, um, and they start heading up the staircase away from you. 
um, the tall one reaching over and grabbing one of the the pink cocoons off of the back of the incapacitated one. And they run up the steps, uh, squeaking with every step. I look at Ravnus and say, um, I-, I got nothing on that one. Let's get moving and hopefully we can get our back to something and fight them off. Yeah, 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 right. Um, so are we just going to assume the others are gone, that they're, they've been cocoonized? Whatever we want to call it. They got clowned. Sorry. If we want <laughs> if we want to help them, I think that we need to worry about defeating them, but I'm not sure that this is the best place for it. Okay, you're you're right. You're right. Let's um let's go then. Let's let's find our at least a better footing than than here. Yeah. So I think that Ravness is um she's trying to get to like a chokehold somewhere, basically. Where, you know, as they run after them, they can sort of, like, knock them out, like, you know, one by one instead of getting surrounded on kind of, like, multiple sides with, you know, the brig and multiple stairs and, you know. Mm -hmm. Nick, this is an important question, though. Are we in a part of space that could combust? No, you're not in the phlogiston. You are in crowd space. (laughs) Making sure that we're not in the phlogiston. Because I got fireballs out the wazoo over here, (laughs) and I don't want to blow up the void fair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well campaign's over <laughs> yeah clowns attacked and everything exploded <laughs> that's a fitting end <laughs> yeah there we go the end that's the campaign the uh we'll, we'll have to tell saker later <laughs> right i don't know how to break this to you <laughs> you got but cocooned Mark- and then everything blew up um <laughs> okay so um the best place to try and set up a bottleneck is probably the deck above on the main battery um, because there's a bottleneck between the sets of stairs that go up and down and like between like the magazine and the main main battery. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, that's not the only way they can go through there. They can still go up the other set of stairs to get to the top. Um, and you're also trailing behind them at this point. Right. Um, okay. Let's just sort of try there and, you know, try our luck. Sounds good. Um, do you head up the same set of steps that they just ran up, kind of tailing them, or are you trying to like head them off? I would think head them off personally. Yeah. Okay. Just based on our location, we'd have to run through the stinking cloud if we were going to tail them. Right. So they had up. They headed up the um the stairs right near the baffle hatch. So you guys are near the stairs by the brig in the store anyway. Um, so you can head up those uh uh the four staircase instead of the aft staircase um so you get up to the gun deck to see them merging out onto the main battery you coming up near the magazine but instead of coming towards you guys they just continue up to the main deck Mm. yeah let's try to get them on deck they might be trying to take them to their ship yeah so you guys continue up your set of staircases emerging onto the main deck right by the forecastle seeing them come out um uh the staircase that emerges up from under the quarter deck onto the main deck and uh, you see that the other ship has moved closer now. Um, its sails are beginning to unfurl, and uh, the sails are colored like a circus tent. You see two clowns on the other deck um, lifting what looks like a giant cardboard cutout clown face with a mouth the shape of a door, and a tongue rolls out, forming a bridge between the two ships. 
Adorable. (laughs) (laughs) You see these two clowns with their several pink cocoons slung over their shoulder start running across the tongue bridge. And I need you both to make perception checks. Okay. Nine. Worse. Worse. Six. (laughs) Um, We don't notice shit. You do see bits of the cocoon fall away a little bit as these clowns are hastily running, and it floats down and lands on the deck in front of you as they continue to run, but you don't notice anything else. Um, I, I look to Ravnus and say, do you think our friends are in those things? I, I think so. Do you think they're relatively resistant? I'm not sure. They seem to be kind of falling apart already, so maybe not. Mm. The pieces of the cocoon are there in front if you'd like to examine it. Yes, I will. Yeah. So I, I take a piece and look at it. Yeah, you pick it up. It's light. Um, It's light and fibrous. Um, Make an investigation check. Is it delicious? Because <laughs> uh, 16. Um, So that is a 24. 24. It does smell sweet. Mm. You're pretty sure it's cotton candy. Yep. Oh, boy. Do you taste it? No. <laughs> I'm not the, I might be a scientist, but I'm not stupid. Mark has done some weirder things in the name of science. That is true. That is true. Listen, did. it didn't come from a mysterious jar of green goop. Marco's not going to eat it. Right. He draws the line at ancient jars of green goop <laughs> so i i feel like I there's something else marco has licked in like the name of science and i can't remember what it was probably that is true <laughs> i'll tell you what i'm going to roll for it and if i get odds i lick it if i get evens i don't lick it okay <laughs> all right so i lick yes. it you lick it ah nice <laughs> um it's it's sweet and it dissolves on your tongue hmm. okay so it is cotton candy um Make okay, constitution so saving throw. <laughs> that's what I thought. Oh, no. <laughs> I had a nickel. <laughs> 17. 17? Um, it immediately upsets your stomach, uh, but you you hold yourself together. I hate the taste of cotton candy. That's not good. Oh, where's the green goo? I forgot I, want the I green hate goo cotton back. candy. <laughs> where's the green goo? I now out. my fingers are going to be sticky all day. <laughs> but to, okay, yes, I'm not going to. If, if our friends are in that, then if I cast a fireball, it could kill them. So we're, we're not going to do that. That makes sense. I think we need to chase them at this point, though, and try to get everyone back. All right. Um, I got some range, but I think you're going to be the one who's best suited to take them out. So I'll let you take the lead. I can do that. And she's going to chase after them. Okay. Um. Yeah. You you run across this tongue bridge. Um, it is fleshy like a real tongue. Oh, Nicholas, don't <laughs> describe things as fleshy. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Um, <laughs> my feet are sticking to the taste buds. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why we stepped in the pies earlier. Because, yeah, now we're running on a tongue. and yeah, Pies, know. clowns, uh, poison balloons, and now a giant flesh tongue bridge between the decks of these two ships. Mm-hmm. Typical uh, episode of Tales of the Voidfarer. <laughs> uh, Ravnus, you 
<laughs> you get across uh, the the fleshy tongue bridge, passing through this large. It's weird because the tongue is fleshy, but the the clown head that it is attached to is just this big wooden cutout. And you go through the the door that is its mouth. Um, and uh, Marco, you are you right on Ravnus's heels? Correct. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you guys run across, and it looks like this head just goes to the deck, but as you pass through the threshold of it, you find yourself in a funhouse. Oh, Nicholas. What did you think was going to (laughs) happen? I thought we were going to have a normal one today. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Look, this book that has space clowns in it just came out, so... I thought we were going to go to prom again, like the last live show. Yeah, the live live shows are always a little bit weird. (laughs) So... Yeah, uh, so you guys um, find yourself in this uh, dark room um, with uh, vibrant pastel-colored walls all around, and it looks like you're in the uh, T section of a hallway, where um, a hallway goes to the left and to the right and straight in front of you. Both of the hallways to the left and the right seem like they narrow to darkness. Um, the one in front of you is well lit, but is seems to uh, warp and weave in weird ways that kind of turns your stomach just to look at. But it does look like there is a door at the end of that one. Tally ho, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that we should split up. So let's just pick one. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yes. Uh, forward towards the, the sprawling one, the door that we can at least see. That's not a trap or anything. (laughs) I'll I'll be honest with you, Ravnus. I think we're going to run into traps no matter what we choose. Yeah, I I agree. Goofy clown theme traps every step. (laughs) No, I... I'm I'm not a I I focus on the Cratorian Empire, not clown space. So I I'm feeling a little (laughs) out of my element right now. The realms of logic are currently dissolving around me. Yeah, we go towards the one with the door. Sure. Yep. Um, go ahead and make uh, acrobatics checks for me. Uh, oh, boy. Four. Mother. Natural one. <laughs> I spend the entire podcast avoiding strength and dexterity checks as much as possible, and you just toss me straight into it. Sometimes that's how it be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you both take, like, two steps and lose your balance and fall immediately. <laughs> The ground isn't even like that uneven. It's just between like the ground being slightly tilted, like three degrees one way and the room being tilted the other way. And the way the paint lines are, it's just all confusing. Um, And you both fall over as you try to run towards this door. Okay, this. Um... (laughs) Maybe I made an error. I'll be honest. Maybe we should just try our best to keep moving and. We can always head back if it really doesn't work. Fair enough. Um, why not? And I think that this time Ravnus is going to try to take a um, psi-powered leap to get closer to mm. the door. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah, I will say um, you can do it. With your psi-powered leap, you kind of just launch yourself in that direction, bypassing the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do smack into the door. Because it's actually about five feet closer than it looks. <laughs> okay. Um, well, she tries to keep a hand on the door at least. Yeah. There's like uh, a 50-50 shot of that. You happening. take a point of damage 
<laughs> because the hallway is actually painted onto the wall. So it actually looks like the door is further away than it is. But you do so, get it's like a wily coyote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> that Ravnus is holding on to the door. I'm now going to cast Misty Step to Misty Step to Ravnus. Sure. <laughs> you do it. Yep. You don't smack up. into it because you use Ravnus as the reference point. <laughs> 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 Pretty much. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. And open the door. You open the door to the side of the ship opening out to wild space. Hmm. She sort of wave a hand through, make sure it's not. Okay. It, it it goes through. Okay. Do you remember whenever we were dealing with the assassin and you all told me how you had to like daisy chain your way out into wild space? Yeah. So do you think that we could crawl to the side of the spaceship and get back onto the deck? We could try. I think it's better than going back the other way. I think that you might be right on that. Unless this is another trap. A rope falls down from above the door, dangling there in front. Oh, I don't like that. Do Ramnus I see any other rope? Uh, yeah. Nope. Ramnus is going to give it a tug. Uh, there's a honk sound coming from above, but it holds steady. <sighs> Can we see where it like leads? Like if she like looks out and up. So the side of the ship you're looking out of is curved slightly. Um, so oh. it does it does go a little bit out of your view. So even if you stick your head out and look up, it looks like it's just going up and over the the gang rail on the top deck. Well, um, I am a talented wizard, and you're one of the most capable warriors I've ever met. I'm sure we can deal with whatever's on the other end of this rope. Let's go up the rope. <laughs> does Marco go first? Um, well, Ravnus would... already has a hand. Oh, Ravnus on it, has so a I hand. Think on that it. I think that yeah. Ravnus would go first. Okay. Um, so oh. yeah, you you test the rope one more time. It seems to hold. You put your other hand on it and then pull your legs up so all of your weight is on it, and then the rope just falls. Of course. It falls. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a door, a deck down below that opens, and a chute comes out, and you land and slide back into the ship. Just Ravnus, I'm assuming. Yeah, because Marco will just watch that happen. Marco, you saw Ravnus right. put her weight on it, and then just the rope, and then Ravnus falls out of frame, and then the rope just, before the rope just falls completely out of frame as well. <laughs> Was it like a regular rope, or one of those like many, like, you know, different colored, like, scarves? Yes, after, after about, like, 10 feet of rope, it does turn into a chain of handkerchiefs <laughs> before that falls right. away as well. <laughs> So now, Marco, just... you're standing in this doorway. You see, you see, there's a a, a chute that has uh, extended out of the side of the ship below you. Um, you don't see a, any sign of Ravnus. I sigh and I just jump for the chute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you you jump in the chute and slide down, and then you land in a huge ball pit that seems to be in the lowest bilge of the ship. Um, Ravnus, you are already down here. Marco sliding down behind you, uh, maybe about 20 seconds later. She wades through the balls. <laughs> you know, I'm beginning to think that clowns are just awful. Are, are we able to, like, stand in this? Yep. The, the ground is, um, uneven, um, because it is the bottom of the ship. And also you notice that it appears that the, um... The gravity plane of this ship is is low, like where the gravity plane on the void fair kind of splits the deck. So the lowest deck is actually inverted. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case on this ship. 
um, for whatever reason, its gravity plane sits at like the lowest uh, like keel um, of the ship. Um, so you can stand, but like it's it's slightly slanted. Um, and you can see all the way to the bow where the the two sides of the ship come together um, at the beam. And behind you is a door. Try the door. <laughs> As you take a couple steps towards the door, it seems like something is moving beneath the balls. Uh, you see the shift. She takes out her sword. <laughs> 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 yeah. What is it, Ravnus? There's something moving. Of course there is. I guess I'll prepare myself. You guys, uh, make make perception checks for me. They've gone well so far. Okay. That's pretty good. That is a 19. A 16. Sure. Um, As you guys are looking around, you hear a shift in balls behind you and immediately look around to see a tentacled eye stalk out of the ball pit. Oh, no. And look around and go back under. I understand this reference. (laughs) 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 Then you hear the sound of what appears to be like the bell in one one of those like, you know, strength games at the carnival. Mm -hmm. And then it feels like the walls of the bilge begin moving inward. (laughs) Mm. Did I do a trash compactor reference? Yes, I did. But clowns. (laughs) But clowns. Um. Um... Yeah, towards the door. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yep. It is a normal wooden door. Um, It doesn't appear to have a locking mechanism on it, but it doesn't open when you try it. The walls are getting closer. What Mm. do you think, Marco? Can I cast Reduce on the door to shrink the door? Interesting. Uh, Let me see. Creature or object you can see within range. Okay, yeah. Uh, neither worn nor carried. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, so I look, I cast, I look over, I cast reduce on the door to shrink it. Yeah, the, the door shrinks, uh, ripping off of its hinges. And you do see the bar, like the, the plank of wood that was serving as to, to bar the door on the other side. But without the actual door there, <laughs> um, I, like the, the little mini door is now like hanging askew on the bar. But you can now easily duck under it and get out. Yo. <laughs> <It's so true. laughs> yeah, go through the, the door. <laughs> <laughs> They're screaming, R2. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you exit into what appears to be a cargo hold that you, you smell like a, the moist smell of like hay. And um, you see tons of cages in here. Um, almost look like it would be like the the cargo hold of of like a, a carnival ship uh, or circus ship that would transport animals, but all the cages are empty. Mm. Well, um, at least our friends are not in the cages, so that's a bonus. Yeah, when we find them, we might want to free them as quickly as possible so that we have other people trying to help us fight, and so that they can move on their own. Do you think the cages are meant for us, or do you think it's meant for something else? I I think probably us, but I guess that it's a possibility it's not, and there's something worse that's now loose on the ship. About how many cages are there, Nicholas? A, a, a lot. Um, like, at least a dozen. There may be more. They're various sizes. Nothing too super, super big. Like, the biggest one might be, like, ten foot 
square, um, 12 foot high. Um, some of the cages are as small as five by five. But as you look around, uh, you notice that you see little things here or there, like not just like signs of animals. You see like one cage has a stool sitting in it uh, amongst the straw. Another cage, you see someone has etched tally marks on the wood wall, be, you know, between the bars. It looks like these cages were being used to hold intelligent creatures, not animals. Could the clowns have taken over the ship? I guess that would make sense. Um, okay, so we're currently in the, the hold of a clown ship that carries apparently at least sentient creatures. We have no idea where the rest of our friends are, and we... Okay, so what do we What do we even do now? I mean, do, do I guess we... we keep moving. We try to find them. I guess we could maybe kill the clown captain. Yeah, I guess yeah. whoever we end up finding first, we go from there. Yeah, I guess so. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Um, not how I expected to spend my day. And there we go. It's really, it's really disconcerting to see Nick's facial expressions as we talk. We you don't normally don't have to look that. at me when we play. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you you head through the door on the other side of this room and find stairs that ascend. Um, yeah. Going up from this lowest level of the ship, this bilge level of the ship, you go up into. Um, uh, what appears to be uh, another deck that is encompassing pretty much the entire deck of the ship. The entire level of the ship seems to be dedicated to a huge cargo chamber. You can see that there's uh, like a big cargo doors in the floor that go down um, to the level you were on below and ones directly above it. Presumably so that cargo in these cages uh, and stuff can be winched down from the top deck to be stored on whatever deck they're going to be stowed on. And when you step into this room, you see that there is cargo netting all along the walls and ceiling, which the ceiling of this deck seems to be a little bit higher than normal. Um, in fact, it looks like it goes up two decks high and there's a catwalk um, around the entire outside on the deck above. Um, and you see in the cargo netting on both the walls of both levels and even some across the ceiling are dozens of humanoid sized Cotton candy cocoons. Um, she is going to go over to one of them, just whatever's closest. Yeah. And take out her water skin and pour some water on it. Yes. You pour the water and immediately the the cotton candy begins to dissolve into this gross pink slime, dissolving away the layers, and you see inside an unconscious scuttlebutt. The Kinku uh, deckhand, uh, the rigger aboard the Voidfarer. Um, he seems, he's breathing, um, but he is unconscious. Uh, she tries to shake him. Yeah. You try to give him a shake, and he he kind of stirs and mutters, and his beak moves, and you hear Val's voice murmur, Man the top sails! We're under attack! And, uh, he doesn't wake up. Um, she looks at Marco. Um. I think that we probably found the crew first, but I don't know how we're going to get them all up. The water worked at least for one. I mean, I have my water skin too, so that's four max, I guess. We could also see if we can just, if it really is just cotton candy, just tearing it off. You hear squeaking 
in a steady rhythm from multiple sources all around you. Stepping in unison, the clowns on their squeaky boots, their squeaky clown shoes, fill every door off of this chamber on both levels. There's at least a dozen of them, and they stop. Well, I never thought that I'd die by clown, but tis a warrior's death, I suppose. <laughs> we can make our stand here and just yep. slowly see how far we get. Maybe our blood can wash some of the cotton candy off the others. The clowns start <laughs> chanting. No, oh, no. Mr. Chuckles. Mr. Chuckles. Mr. Chuckles. Mr. Chuckles. You see the cargo doors above open and a platform designed for cargo um, connected on each corner, um, joining in the middle, gets lowered and standing on it is a hulking 12 foot tall figure stitched together from body parts from myriad of creatures. One of its legs and its torso seems to be the hulking form of a gif. It's arm one of its arms seem to be furred like a hadozi this you know there's another arm that appears to be just huge and muscular like an ogre's this is a flesh golem that is hobbled together from probably about a dozen different individuals and more alarmingly it, it is dressed like a clown it's face painted white uh big red nose <laughs> and it lets out a roar and i need you guys to roll for initiative i assume that's mr chuckle <laughs> <laughs> we can make a guess you mr chuckles your reputation precedes you <laughs> <laughs> we pleasure. like go through this whole thing and defeat it and they're like now you get to face mr chuckles that was chuckles jr <laughs> <laughs> that was just chuckles butler <laughs> Cool. Did anybody get higher than a 20? No. 15 to 20. 16. Okay. And Ravnus, what'd you get? 14. Okay. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Better than last time. <laughs> Flesh Golem rolled very poorly. Good. <laughs> oh, no. It rolled a nat one and its dexterity is negative one. It literally has an initiative of zero. It just falls over dead. <laughs> Chuckles tired. Uh. <laughs> All right, Marco, it's your turn. It is. Well, because it's me and because I'm a wizard, fireball. Dexterity saving throw. Uh, okay. Ravnus isn't there yet. This works for me. Let's go. Uh, dexterity saving throw. Well, uh, you already know how good it is at dexterity. Um, it, it That's an eight. All right. Yeah. So that's full damage. Let's see here. Maybe should have grabbed more D6 and anticipated this, but here we are. Okay. So that is a 31. 31. Damn. Okay. Um, it is the clown's turn okay marco that's going to be a 23 to hit you <laughs> about a solid 12 over <laughs> you take seven psychic damage and you need to make another um wisdom saving throw uh wisdom save let's see here 
All right, that's a dirty 20. That succeeds. Uh, another one is going to shoot you. Um, that's going to be an 18 to hit. That's rude, but it hits. Seven more psychic damage and another wisdom saving throw. What did I ever do to you, Nick? You showed up. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, <laughs> mm so that's a 15. Uh, 15, that succeeds. Um, and then the last shot is going to miss. Ravnus! Uh, 14, I think, is going to miss you, right? Yep. Then uh, that's even worse. And last one, even worse. So a bunch, they they point all of these different uh, like toy looking ray guns at you. And they uh, all, every one of them looks a little bit different um, as varied as the clown's appearances are. Um, and just these zaps just go flying by. Uh, none of them connecting. Uh, mm -hmm. Ravnus, it is now your turn. Uh, drawing her sword and shield once more, she's going to run up to the big fucking clown and kick his ass. The BFC? Um, the BFC. <laughs> uh, that is a 19. Uh, that will hit it. It looks pretty slow and clunky. Um, like, it's going to be pretty easy to hit in general. Yeah. And uh, her sword glowing with purple psionic energy, she swings it for... Five and seven is 12, um, plus two psionic damage for 14 total. 14 total. Is your sword a magic weapon? Oh, yeah, it is a magic weapon. It's introspect. Because of the psionic. Oh, well, yeah, yeah also that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 14 total. And it does look like it's flailing a little bit uh, because of fire. Just... Mm, it doesn't um, like fire. Does not I'm like change my spell up here a little bit. Um, yeah. So it is its turn. Wait, is it my turn, or does it get two turns? It did the the no, flesh it was golem, the other the, clowns, the clowns went. went. The, oh. the flesh golem goes now. Gotcha. Um, the flesh golem got zero on the initiative order. So <laughs> <laughs> rip. Um, because it is averse to fire, its attack. Um, has disadvantage um, because it is going to try and slam Ravnus. That's uh, rude. The first one is a 14, which I think misses. Yep. Second one is even worse. Okay. Uh, back to Marco. Okay, uh, Ravnus, have you been hit at all? Um, not by this thing, but I am at like probably three quarters health. Um, okay otherwise let me know if it gets bad and i'll pump you with what little All hp i right. have left okay um so i'm gonna cast flaming sphere nice directly on top of the flesh golem nice yeah all right um let's see here uh so you need to make a dexterity saving throw he's bad at this eight eight all right so that's gonna be 2d6 fire damage okay that is 10 okay and for the time being, as a bonus action in the future, I can move the sphere up to 30 feet. So right now, I'm keeping it square on this guy. Yep. Giving him something to worry about. Yep. Clown's turn. Uh, so the, the clowns all take aim again. Marco, um, that's going to be a uh, 23 to hit. Yep. Seven more psychic damage and a wisdom saving throw. Okay. 
That's a 31. That's going to be a 17. Okay. Uh, the next one is going to miss, I presume, with only a, an 11. That meets my AC, so with oh, a miss. Oh, it meets your AC? Yeah. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> your AC's only 11? It's 11 without mage armor, and I haven't cast mage armor yet. <laughs> my AC is literally double that. <laughs> yeah. I, I try my best not to get hit. That's Usually, fair. Ravnus and Flapwing take most of the abuses. I sit in the back and just lobby fireballs at people. <laughs> so whenever I'm front lines, I'm getting my shit kicked in. So that's, that's Nick seven. Is making notes of that. Uh, yeah. That's seven more psychic damage. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. And another wisdom saving throw. Oh, I'm not looking too good. Okay, so um, that is a 10. 10 on the wisdom saving throw? Yep. You're, I had to get a bad one eventually. You're, yeah, they just kept shooting you. Uh, your vision begins to swirl and warp, um, accentuated by the fact that the interior of this entire ship is like a funhouse anyway. Um, but as you look around, you see the, the twisted faces of uh, the clowns around you cotton candy of all things across the walls and your friends are wrapped up in it ravenous is fighting a 12 foot tall clown that's falling apart and it's afraid of fire everything is just so fucking hilarious to you right now that you're incapacitated for a minute laughing oh um you can minute. make a save at the end of your subsequent turns uh to, okay to stop this effect <laughs> I think that would break my concentration then, so the flaming sphere is going away. It just, it, all incapacitated means is you can't take actions or reactions. Okay, so the sphere will stay up for now at least. Yep. Okay. Good to know as I laugh my ass off. Yep. Ravnus, okay. you're getting shot at. Uh, yeah. That is uh, going to be a 20. Dirty 20. Nope. No. Jesus, fuck. That's worse. That's worse. Okay. <laughs> you are hope. I don't know why I'm trying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fucking tank. Um, okay, Ravnus, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, she's going to go for Mr. Chuckles once more. Um, that is kind of okay. Uh, 18? That does hit. Okay. Um, that is six and seven is 13, um, plus an additional three psionic damage. So 16 total. Yes. Um, yeah, it's already not looking good. <laughs> and, uh, then she will swing again. Cause I forgot how to play this game and I have two attacks instead you do of have one. Two attacks. <laughs> we're good at this. <laughs> um, fuck it. We're doing it live. Yeah. And uh, let's see, 14 plus 9 is 23. Avenge me, Ravnus. It's better than last time. Um, that's also pretty good. So that is um, seven, uh, 15 plus an additional 7. Okay. Uh, so 16 and 22. It has 93 hit points and with that 22 it puts it at exactly 93 damage noise tell me tell me how you bring down this flesh golem that oh did boy. showed up and did nothing <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> who's laughing now chuckles <laughs> okay so yeah she uh swings her her sword uh, hitting it pretty good 
And then uh, sort of as it's like kind of like leaning back, thinking that's it, she swings it once more and um, just plunges into its chest and uh, ends up defeating it. Yeah. With, uh, you know, those flashes of purple going everywhere. Yep. Yeah, you drive you drive in your sword with this final blow. The back tip of it comes out the back uh, with a beam of purple light, and you realize you've jammed it directly into a seam. So you pull it up into the side, snapping stitches along the suture mark, um, nice. basically cleaving this large, top-heavy gif torso away from the like orcish like lower body, um, and. The thing just kind of topples apart and collapses to the ground. And then she looks and stares at the rest of the clowns. <laughs> All of the clowns are wide-eyed, frowning. One oh, of... we made the crowns cry. Yeah. Mr. Chuckles. <laughs> They're staring dumbfounded. A uh, A horn falls out of one's pocket and just goes... As it hits the ground, breaking the silence. Um, and then they all look at you enraged. Oh, no. <laughs> What's... Marco, it's your turn. You're laughing. <laughs> I am. Here I go. End of my turn. Let's check it. Okay. So that's a dirty 20. Dirty 20? Yeah, you stop laughing. Yeah. Almost bolstered by seeing Ravnus take take it down, uh, take down Mr. Chuckles. <laughs> These clowns clearly thinking that uh, he was going to be a lot more effective than he was. I guess they have to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> you you see Ravnus topple this thing and uh, you're snapped out of your hysterical state. Um, that is the end of your turn, however. Um, so the clowns are going to take a few steps forward and they're all going to kind of look to the side, um, kind of in the direction of another clown that is seems a little bit larger than the others, wearing an ostentatious pirate's hat um, that is seems to be made with probably at least seven different colors of fabric. And this clown looks at the remains of Mr. Chuckles on the ground and looks up at between the two of you and immediately just starts growing. Oh, no. And growing, almost inflating like a balloon. Although its mass is increasing, the floorboards beneath its feet are beginning to crack and splinter. Its head reaches the ceiling above, and that wood begins to crack and splinter as well before it splits entirely, knocking several dozen barrels into the chamber below, which break, filling this chamber with water. The cocoons begin to dissolve, revealing the crew of the Voidfarer groggily starting to stir awake around you. The other clowns seem a little bit confused that their captain now seems to be growing 15 feet, 18 feet, 20 feet, larger and larger, the ship breaking and cracking like an egg around it. Val is nearby, sliding out of a pink cocoon covered in pink goop, looking to you, stirring awake and saying, um, I have lots of questions, but I think we should probably leave. Yes, yes. Good idea. Yes. Great. Agreed. You guys begin rounding up all of the crew of the Voidfarer um, and begin running to the stairs. 
you get to the top deck as this giant clown bursts through the top deck, continuing to grow even larger. You are able to get to the tongue bridge and cross onto the void fair just in time to see this clown ship explode into splinters, leaving this giant bulbous clown the size of an asteroid floating in its place. Riley, why'd you have to do that? You squeakered Tashi right when things were getting good. His butt crushed the clown ship. <laughs> Adger. Playing on the floor of the crew quarters, a small approximation of the void fair hobbled together with scrap wood that Laney put together for him. Another ship lay in splinters beneath the newly expanded bottom of the giant space hamster Tashi. <laughs> Remnants of a little clown costume ripped and tattered across his gigantic <laughs> form. Aww. You see miniature giant space hamsters scampering about, <laughs> just barely getting out of the way of their formerly miniature companion being expanded to its full size with the command word squeakers. Riley is going to say to their younger brother, well, sounds like I did you a favor. Adgar's going to say, yeah, but Marco and Ravnus had it handled. Did they now? Adgar will nod. <laughs> Riley will say, well... Maybe Flapwing can join them next time. Tiana just finished this that you asked for. And she hands him a tiny little hamster-sized costume that looks like Flapwing's outfit. And uh, he excitedly grabs it and uh, begins placing it on one of the miniature giant space hamsters and sets it down on the deck of the miniature Voidfarer next to two little space hamsters that are just like Ravnus and Marco. <laughs> and then uh, Riley is going to say to Adgar, I'll leave you to it, you barnacle. Tiana also wanted me to tell you that if you're late to cabin hen duty again, she'll make you clean the galley. And who knows what coot has let fall behind the stove. Oh. <laughs> and they will leave. Adgar happily looks down at his cast of miniature giant space hamsters. And he kind of glances at a white-furred one that is dressed like Marco and says, Yeah, you were right, Snowflake. I don't have to worry about space clowns when we got Marco and Ravnus and Flapwing and everybody <laughs> on the crew here. There's a pause as the hamster looks up at him and squeaks. Yeah, I overheard Captain Val saying they should be back soon. Another hamster, this one a golden color, squeaks. And he looks over to it and says, no, Butterscotch, I won't tell them your secret. I mean, un unless you want me to. A brown-colored hamster hops up on his shoulder and squeaks. And he goes, no, I know it's important, Peanut. And we leave Adgar as he is playing, seemingly conversing with his miniature giant space hamsters as he's waiting for the away team that went down to the icy planet of Adelphos to return. And that's our one shot. 
Yeah. Yeah. Credit roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys Aww. for watching, for tuning in. Um, this was a little bit weird, a little bit different, um, but I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed playing it. And I certainly enjoyed subjecting uh, Fiona and Tanner <laughs> to it. Uh, <laughs> If you, if you liked what you heard uh, and you're new to Tales of the Void Fair, uh, we release episodes the first and third Tuesday of every month. Um, we have, I think, now over 50 episodes uh, backlog. We've been doing this for over three years now. So if you've really been enjoying all the new Spelljammer uh, stuff that just got released by Wizard of the Coast this past week and want uh, even more Spelljammer content in your life, you have plenty of opportunities to binge um and uh we still have a ways to go in our campaign so there's definitely uh good reasons to catch up things are just starting to get interesting um you can give us a follow on our social media at voidfair pod on twitter and at voidfair podcast on facegram um you can check out all the other cool content we create over at project derailed including um uh, Fiona's baby. Ta uh, uh, what is it? Fables around the table. Fables around the table. Nick doesn't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't write notes for this part. This is just extemporaneously off the top of my head. Um, but that's uh, a uh, anthology show where we're playing a different uh, tabletop RPG each season. The current one is run by um, our good friend Chelsea Rexinger playing Mork Bork. Um, and we got some cool stuff um, coming up soon with some familiar voices. Um, we also have Cape Chronicles, our new show playing uh, uh, Masks, A New Generation, run by our good friend Cliff, that myself and Fiona are both on, um, and lots of other cool content over there. Um, so yeah, uh, and you can also come hang out with us on the Project Derail Discord by going to projectderail.com slash Discord. We're always hanging out, playing games, and um, chatting about whatever, um, so... Come join the fun there. And uh, lastly, uh, Fiona and Tanner, if you have anything you guys want to plug, now would be the time. I think you got it. I'm just that good. Yeah. <laughs> Nick didn't yeah. want us to talk anymore. So really got <laughs> Look, I just went to that part of my brain that is just permanently burned there from doing the mid-roll of every so many single times. Void Fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even need to write it down anymore. Um, but yeah, thanks again, everybody for watching. Um, we're going to be, uh, kicking you guys off, uh, in a raid to the next stream in the JammerCon lineup, um, which I believe is a, uh, guest panel with Jeff Grubb, the original oh creator God. of the Spelljammer setting. Oh, that's awesome. That is on the Bipolar Dice Roller, uh, channel. Sue, so, stick around. We'll, we'll, I'll be launching that raid here shortly. Um, and uh, for now, uh, see you next time. Thank you all Bye. so much. Goodbye. Thank you for watching. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. 
Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. Thunder crackles against the cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. She is waiting. You see and hear this terrible, like, cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists. Uh, maybe he's, like, juggling or something. Maybe he's found some, like, dismembered, um, body parts and he's, he's using that as a distraction. Galgenbeck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there. Rejoice! The fall of humanity comes! But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table, she. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, of them. Do you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely. Didn't know at all the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell. Why? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy. Grab your tongue. Grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our "born tongue. on a pirate ship." Born on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit, and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We could make a board game about it. Projectderailed.com And we're off. Um, I'm going to figure out how to raid. <laughs> <laughs>